God certainly is going to touch some folks today. I know that maybe somebody may have gotten into a situation that the doctors can't remedy. I felt that when I was preparing for today's lesson message that there would be some that you've been battle, battling a battle with pain. And that is very tiring and debilitating. But I'm thankful today to bring a message of hope. And I feel like the Lord gave it to me. So since the Lord gave it to me, that I'm believing he's going to do everything he talks about in this message today. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to the book of Mark, and I'm going to Mark chapter 11, and I'm so very thankful to have you here today. And I believe that God is going to touch somebody, somebody's going to get a miracle. Hallelujah. It's so good to see Sister Karen here and that beautiful little baby. And I know her name, but I can't think of it, so. Joelle, of course. How could a preacher forget Joelle? I don't know. But anyway, we're happy to have Joelle. Hallelujah. So, I'm going to Mark chapter 11 and verse 22. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, yes, thank you. Hi, you're always listening. Thank you. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire. When you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now, I highly, extraordinarily highly recommend that any of you that are facing a mountain, that you put the blinders on, you forget about everybody behind you, beside you, in front of you, and just for a few moments, let the word of God come to you because faith cometh by hearing. hearing. So don't let anything cause you to be distracted. Are you ready? God bless you. In Jesus' name, you may be seated.
Hallelujah. More than anything else, it is extremely important to have faith in God. Faith is the substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Your faith is the physical material from which your miracle is made. That's what a substance is. It's the physical material from which your miracle is made. Faith is the substance, the material of the things that you hope for. When I think of this principle, I think of a dear lady in the Bible who is ever forever enshrined in the Holy Scripture. And the Bible says, Behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood, 12 years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. And so in her mind, she said, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. She said it within herself. She's just thinking this. And she reaches out and she touches the hem of his garment, which indicates where she's at. She's down low on the ground. She's touching the hem of his garment. And when she did, the Bible says, but Jesus turned him about when he saw her. He said, daughter, be of good comfort. Watch. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Faith was the substance. It was the material from which her miracle came. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. So again, notice the Bible principle. Faith is the substance. It is the physical material of things hoped for. Faith is the evidence. It's not necessarily that right now you feel no pain. Although that's what you're headed for. But the proof of your miracle... The evidence of your miracle is your faith. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. In past generations, the people that we read about in the Bible made it through impossible situations and walked away victorious because of faith in God The good book says it this way. By faith, the elders obtained a good report. It was by their faith in God. See, when the devil comes, he comes with fear. He comes with 
worries. He comes with anxieties. That's the gate he uses to get into your life. He loves to fill us with trembling and with, with worrying. And, and this is the gateway that he uses. Somehow, someway, in the midst of the darkest night, we need to lift our hands and say, God, though inside I may be trembling, yet, Lord, with my voice, I want to say how much I trust you and how much I have confidence in you and how much I believe in you. Though, though I may not feel very good right now, still I lift my hands and I express my hope and my confidence in the Lord. Maybe that would be good. We'll just take this step by step. How many of you would just like to lift your hands and just say, Lord, today I want to express my faith in you. I want to express how much I trust in you, how much I believe in you, sir, how much I know that your blood was shed for my healing and for my salvation. And Lord God, I'm thankful today for the goodness of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, there's other things about faith that the book says that's very important. And one of the things that the book says, the book being the Bible, about faith, it says, through faith, we understand. I'm not putting that up. On, I just want the title. That's good. Title's up there. The Faith That Moves Mountains. That's what we're talking about this morning. And when the Bible talks about this faith, it tells us that through faith, we understand. When we look at our situation without faith, we can be paralyzed with fear. We can be despondent with depression because we're looking at a situation and we're saying, I don't have the tools to do this. I don't have the ability to do this. I'm looking at something that's horrifying. I don't have the ability. And so we can't have a proper understanding unless we're looking through faith. We, through faith, we understand. See, life for everybody at some time or another will become chaotic. That's just the way it is down here. There's times in our life when things are going to be confusing and you're not going to know, what do I do next? I'm, I'm filled with confusion. I'm trying to walk, and it's like walking through a house of mirrors. How many's ever tried to walk through a house of mirrors? How many's ever bumped your head trying to walk through a house of mirrors? Come on, admit it. One thing you don't want to do is go racing through a house of mirrors. See who can be the fastest. Uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. Walk slowly, and if you're smart, follow somebody. When you hear their head go thunk, you stop. And life can be like that. Life can be confusing and chaotic, or, or like trying to find your way out through a maze of puzzling paths. How many's ever walked through a maze? I'm not talking about amazing grace. I'm talking about a maze, like a corn maze or any other kind of maze, which has a, a confusing configuration of several different paths trying to puzzle you. And, and they sure do a good job. 
And you can be so puzzled as you look at all the different possibilities. But this is what the Bible says. Through faith, we gain understanding. we got to put the glasses of faith on and look through the lens of faith because through faith, we understand. Only when looking through the lens of faith in God can we perceive the intended meaning of a situation. We don't get it. It doesn't make sense. Why would a loving God allow this to happen? Why would a loving God like, uh, allow that to happen? And we're, we, we can be confused and, and be looking like we're trying to walk through a maze and, and we don't understand it. And only when we look through the eyes of faith can we properly interpret what in the world is going on. So faith in God causes us to be able to see things from heaven's point of view. I know we're always shocked when we lose a loved one. I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm always shocked also. But nobody's staying here. That's not the way it works. You know and I know that this, is, this life is merely a dressing room for eternity. It's, it's just the locker room before the game. It's not the game. It's the locker room before the game. Where I'm going, there's going to be no more death and no more sorrow, no more pain, no more hospitals, no more amputations, No more diseases, no more diabetes, no more cancer, no more heart disease, no more lung disease, no depression, no sad partings and tearful farewells. All that stuff is going to be over when a person who is saved steps beyond this world. And it's when we stop and we look through the lens of faith in God that now we can start to understand a little bit of what is going on. Now the Bible talks about a man by the name of Enoch. He, he walked with God. He, he was, the Bible says, the seventh from Adam. And the Bible says something about him like this. It says, and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. I guarantee his family members were saying, well, I'm not impressed. I mean, he was just standing here a minute ago. He's gone. I don't get it. But Enoch was one happy guy. He was just walking along one day. Father, I love you today. I worship you. You're my God. And I love to walk with you. And they were out having their walk, and God said, you know, Enoch, you're, you're closer to my house than you are yours. Let's, let's just go over to my house. And the Bible says that Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found, for God had translated him. Translated him for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Oh, I just felt the Holy Ghost walking through here. (laughs) 
And did you know that Enoch is one of only two to, that to this day never experienced death? The Bible said Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Just taken out alive. Wow, this is wonderful, he said, as his hair flew and his garments billowed. Next thing, he was walking with God at God's house. Another fellow by the name of Elijah had been serving God and doing the will of God and walking with God. And one day, God said, come on across the Jordan. Took his mantle, rolled it together and whirled it over his head like a lasso and slapped the waters and the waters of Jordan rolled back. Elijah started walking across and a young apprentice by the name of Elijah was carefully following behind. But Elijah just strides across. They get across on this barren area of wilderness. Elijah says, Bub, You've been bugging me all day. What do you want? You want something. I've been trying to get along with God. You haven't allowed me, you haven't been decent enough to allow me to have a little personal time with God. He said, I I know, Master, but I have a request. And I sense that the catching away is very soon for you. All right, boy, what do you want? He said, Sir, I'm not asking for riches or fame, not asking for a lot of stuff, but I'd like to have a double portion of what you have. I've watched you, sir. I've seen you do the miracles you've done. I've seen God working through you. I've seen you with your your mighty, powerful walk with God. And sir, uh, I hope this doesn't sound presumptuous, but I want twice what you've got. Elijah looked at him. He didn't say, why, you are presumptuous, you arrogant, proud, willful young man. He looked at him and said, you've asked a hard thing. But if you see me when I'm taken away, you'll get it. He turns and, boy, I can see that mantle just kind of flaring in the wind. And Elijah starts walking away and Elijah starts coming along behind him. And Elisha's bug-eyed. He's walking. He's watching his master. He's watching everything. If you'd have said boo, he'd have jumped two feet. He's walking behind his master. And suddenly there was a wind that began to blow. And the trees literally begin to sway and bend. Elisha looks up. And he sees his master caught up in a whirlwind and he sees a flaming chariot and horses of fire and horsemen of fire and Elisha says my father my father the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof and the sky closes and his master's gone and the chariot's gone (laughs) And he looks, and there coming down on the wind thermals comes a cloak, the mantle of Elijah. I 
I don't believe that man will ever had a chance to hit the ground. He grabs it and he feels the invigorating power. He puts that mantle on his back and he begins to walk. Now it's not the bug-eyed young apprentice. It is an anointed man of God. He walks over to the river, grabs that mantle, waves it over his head, and he said these words. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And the waters roll back. You see, God's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. The God that you serve is not the God who used to do miracles when you were a kid or when your grandparents were living or way back in 33 AD when the apostles were walking the earth. Yes, God did miracles then, but the God that I serve is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Bible says repeatedly, His kingdom, thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Would you lift your voices? Let's praise the Lord for a moment. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. For verily I say unto you, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three. That whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Now notice... I'm preaching the word of God. This is not, these are not my words. If you've got a red letter Bible, they're written in red. Because they are the words of Christ. He said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Now I think it's important that we stop there just for a moment. And look what he said. He said, any person, whosoever, shall say unto this mountain. Any person... Who shall say on this, under this mountain? It's whosoever. It includes those who are not worthy. Whosoever. It includes those who are weak. Whosoever. It includes those who cannot claim that they've earned a miracle that they need and cannot say perhaps I have lived exactly with the way the book says to live and I have done exactly what the book says to do. No, Jesus said whosoever shall say to this mountain which includes everybody and leaves out nobody. Because I know why some folks aren't 
being healed. It's because they feel like when they fasted enough and when they prayed enough and then when they've done enough witnessing and they've taught enough Bible studies and believe me, I'm for all those things. But they feel like if they can just do the things that they need to do, then they will qualify for a healing. And God says, you don't get it. This is not about that at all. This is for whosoever. Whosoever includes everybody, leaves out nobody. And I'm sorry to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you just the same. Some of you grew up trying so hard, and I want you to try hard, but you got into a mentality that if I can fast enough, if I can pray enough, and if I can be good enough, and if I can keep from making any mistakes, then I can come to God and God will hear my prayer. But that is absolutely bogus. The truth is he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of or for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. We grew up singing to be like Jesus. It's a wonderful song. But if you're not careful, it'll create the wrong image in your head. If I can just be like Jesus, I can be healed. If I can just be perfect like Jesus. And the sad irony of it is that you will never be perfect. Therefore, with that kind of thinking, you can never get your miracle. There was a song the other day I was singing. I said, oh my God, I got to change the words of this. There's a song that says, if I live a holy life, shun the wrong and do the right. I know the Lord will make a way for me. I've sung that all my life. I know the Lord will make a way for me. That's good. I know the Lord will make a way for me. If I live a holy life, shun the wrong and do the right. And I said, okay, I'm changing the words. Because he lived a holy life, he shunned the wrong and he did the right. I know the Lord will make a way for me. See, you got to get that out of your head. If I get A, B, C, D, E, F, G, pull off your shoe, and I get all these other things right, then I can qualify for a miracle. But I know the Lord will make a way for me. I know the Lord will make a way for me because he lived a holy life. He shunned the wrong, and he did the right. And Christ lives in me now. It's not I anymore, but Christ that liveth in me. I am crucified with Christ. And the life that I I now live. I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. Do you understand? It's a whole different mentality. As long as we're connecting our miracle to how we do, we will never get our miracle. Even in heaven, the saints aren't singing about themselves. They're singing, thou art worthy. Thou art worthy. They're not saying, I am worthy. I am worthy. We got it mixed up somehow. 
Nobody's worthy. There's, there's no, none righteous. No, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I thank God for his grace. But when I apply for a miracle, I apply to it with a thought in my head. He was wounded. I see Jesus being beaten at the whipping post. I see Jesus taking the nails in his hands. And I say, because of his sinless life and his sacrifice that he made for me I claim the healing that has been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ would you lift your hands and praise the Lord God's messing with you today all the wonderful people that's been trying to live for God with all your heart he's messing with you this is not a license to sin This is not saying, oh, go out and do whatever you want. It's okay. No, no. If we willfully sin, there remaineth no sacrifice. You with me? You understand? But it's also acknowledging that in your flesh, you're never going to be perfect until Jesus says, did you see me? I saw you. Then I'm making you like me. And you're gone. That's what the Bible says, just staying in my own way. Unto them that look for him shall he appear without sin. The Bible says we shall be made like unto him. And then the word of God says something that's totally, you know, people who are walking around feeling unworthy, they, they won't do this. But When you see through the lens of faith, the next thing that the word of God says, now, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. It's not that I'm supposed to be on my knees in a puddle of tears, pleading, imploring, and begging. It's actually after you realize that the blood of Jesus has washed you and made you clean, that Jesus says, now, this is the way to get your most notable miracle. I want you to say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Stop pleading and wheedling and and whining. I'll give you some crackers. (laughs) With your wine. But if you want a miracle, this is what I want you to do. What's that? I want you to speak to this mountain. Now, a mountain, how can I say this? It's a large pile of something. It can be huge. It's a huge pile of something. Jesus said, Whoever, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, command you in the name of Jesus Christ, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Jesus says you're to look at the mountain that's affecting you. And you're to say, mountain, go throw yourself into the sea. Out. Mountain, get out of my life. Go, throw yourself into the sea. You're to take your number 10 and stomp your foot 
or you're number 13, or you're number 6, whatever you are. And you just stomp your foot and you just say, mountain, go drown yourself. Get out of my way and out of my way now. In other words, Jesus wants us to stand up because of his great sacrifice and take authority over the mountain. And to speak to the mountain, not be intimidated by the mountain, but to intimidate the mountain. Mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. And Jesus said, you say to the mountain, go throw yourself into the sea. God wants you to speak to the mountain with faith and command it, not implore it, not beg it, not whine it, but command it to move and be cast into the sea. Let's try that. Ready? Everybody has different mountains, right? Little mountains, little men. Big mountains, big men. Little mountains, little women. Big mountains, big women. Your size of your miracle needed is in direct relationship to the size of the miracle God is ready to do for you. And the size of the ministry God is ready to give to you. If you are content to be just a little person, God may just let you have a little tiny mountain and somebody else will say, I don't get it. She don't have very many mountains, but I got a big mountain. It's because God wants to use you in a big way. So come on, Joseph. Don't start complaining about the prison here. God's got a purpose in your life. Are we ready? Now this is a whole different paradigm. Close your eyes so nobody else is affecting you or infecting you. Lift your hands with your eyes tightly closed and say to that mountain that you're facing now, take command over it, take authority over it, and say, I command you in the name of His Majesty Jesus Christ, I command this mountain of kidney disease. I command this mountain of bones being needing repairing. I command this mountain of diabetes. I'm tired of it. I command this mountain of heart disease. I command this mountain family problems, whatever it may be. You name it, take authority over it right now. Don't weep. Don't cry. Lift up your voice with authority and say, this is it. Thou mountain, you just go drown yourself in the sea. You're done, mess with me in the name of Jesus I believe God and I claim the victory command it to move see mountain moving faith demands that doubt leaves you can't do this kind of praying anxiously You have to just be bold and arrogant in Christ. And you've got to basically stand up and say, that's it. You've been messing with me. You've been messing with my kids. You've been messing with my relationships. You've been messing with my health. I've had pain for X amount of years. I'm done with you. You 
filthy, foul mountain. I command you in the name of Jesus, uh, be removed and cast into the sea. Go ahead. Just, just take a moment. Let's get aggressive in our prayer life right now. Come on. In the name of Jesus, don't be passive. Don't sit there and stare at me. I'm not the one that's going to produce your miracle. You're going to get your miracle as you command that mountain to be removed and cast into the sea. I mean, you can get radical if you want to and do whatever you'd like to do. Just don't be passive about this. Passive people will keep having the problem on and on and on. But somebody says, that's it. I'm done with you. Christ said, say to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Whosoever shall say, not just the righteous, not just the ones who deserve, but the ones who simply will say it with authority. Mountain-moving faith speaks to the mountain and then believes that you're going to get what you say. You believe you're going to get what you say. You put your mind into your prayer right now and you say, I believe I'm going to get what I say. I'm going to say something and I'm going to believe I'm going to get what I say. Be careful what you say because we're in the presence of God right now. But say it, say it. Say it. Don't speak words of negativity. Don't speak words of doubt. Don't speak words of despair. Say words of faith. Take authority. Say in the name of Jesus, you mountain, you've got to be removed. Doubt, I command you to leave. You never were my friend anyhow. I'm going to remind somebody that's listening of a story that you may remember. And those of you who don't know it, it's good for you to hear it. George Muller was a Christian evangelist and the director of Ashley Down Orphanage in Bristol, England in the 1800s. The story that I'm going to tell you was told by the captain of a sailing ship upon which George Muller was traveling. The captain said, we had George Muller of Bristol on board. He said, I had been on the bridge for 24 hours and never left it. And George Muller came to me on the bridge and said, Captain, I have come to tell you I must be in Quebec on Saturday afternoon. To which the captain replied, that is impossible. To which George Muller replied, then very well, if your ship cannot take me, God will find some other way. I have never broken an engagement in 57 years. Let us go down to the chart room and pray. The captain was a Christian. He said, I looked at that man of God and I thought to myself, never said it out loud, but I thought to myself, what lunatic asylum can that man have come from? For I have never heard of such a thing as this. 
Mr. Muller, the captain said, do you know how dense the fog is? Mr. Muller replied, no. My eye is not on the density of the fog, but on the living God who controls every circumstance in my life. And right then and there, Mr. Muller knelt down and prayed one of the most simple prayers. And when he'd finished, the ship's captain was going to pray also. But George Muller put his hand on the captain's shoulder and tapped him and said, Don't pray. He said, As you do not believe, he will answer. And as I believe, he already has. There's no need whatever for you to pray about it. The captain looked at him, and George Muller said, Captain, I have known my Lord for 57 years, and there has never been one single day when I have failed to get an audience with the king. Get up, Captain, open the door, and you will find the fog is gone. True testimony. The captain said, I got up, and the fog indeed was gone. And on that Saturday afternoon, George Muller kept his promised engagement. And right away, I got you. I got you right now. You're thinking, yeah, that was George Muller. He had lots of faith. Well, how much faith does it take to move a mountain? Matthew 17, 20 gives the answer in the words of Christ. Verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, You shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. See, we got it backwards in our earned mentality. And again, I'm all for our walk with God and our outside dress and appearance mirroring what God has done on the inside. This is no excuse to change any of that. But in the midst of it all, some folks have have gotten this earning mentality. And they think they need a mountain of faith to move a mustard seed problem. And they're saying, if I can just have enough faith, oh, I just don't have enough faith. If I can have enough faith, all this can happen. And you're missing the whole point. He said, no, 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 no. It's just a little tiny mustard seed of faith. That's all you need. And you can move the mountain. That's all you need. You've got it already. Use it. You've got it. Activate it. You've got the faith. Use it. When I was a boy, we used to sing a song. And still, a lot of the songs are just wonderful. And I sing the old ones. It goes, faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. How many have ever heard that song? How many have never heard that song? Well, you, you're not going to be able to say that right now. <laughs> faith, faith, faith is a little bit of faith. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot. Just use whatever you've got. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. See how easy that is? You don't need a whole lot. Just use whatever you've got. Faith, faith, faith. Just a little bit of faith. 
Some of you might remember this was a few years ago. Tammy Corson was in the hospital, and she was in a coma, from which she was not expected to survive. But the ladies in our church made some prayer shawls, and somebody got the bright idea that the pastor should take one of these prayer shawls, go up to the hospital, and give it to Tammy. So I thought, yeah, that's a great idea. And so the elders gathered around it, anointed it with oil. The ladies had prayed over it while they were making it. And I carried that prayer shawl and I went to the hospital and they took me to the intensive care unit. And there was Tammy laying there in a coma. And I looked at the nurse and I said, I have a prayer shawl for Tammy. Now Tammy was on machines, wasn't looking good. And I saw in the nurse's face, and she just said, you can stretch it over her tummy. And just kind of shaking her head and she wasn't mean. She was just, there was no earthly answer for this woman. So I took this prayer shawl and I spread it out and I laid it over her tummy. And I stood there and I prayed a silent prayer, just a very short, to the point prayer. And I walked out. A day or two later, I get a call from Israel Corson, who probably is watching this service today. And Israel said, Brother Stoops, since you took that prayer shawl over, there has been an amazing reversal. She's no longer on life support. She's out of the coma. So I went to the hospital. And she was looking pretty good in the hospital bed, cognizant, able to talk and understand. They said she was going to be a vegetable. Prayed with her, went back home. A day or two later, I thought, I'm going to go back up and see Tammy again. I go up to the hospital, walked into her room, and her bed's empty. What's, what's going on? And then I heard something down the hall. I heard a female voice singing, faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot. Just use whatever you've got. I come out of that room, I look down the hall, and Tammy is in a wheelchair, and she's pushing the wheels like this. I mean, she's going at a pretty good rate of speed. And she's singing, faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. And the next time I go back, she's not using the wheelchair anymore. And then they told me, she can go home now. 
I'm telling you that it's time to speak to the mountain. Stop looking at all the reasons why it can't happen. Stop looking at all the reasons why you do not deserve. I don't care if you live to be 115. You will never deserve it. So start remembering right now that with his stripes, you are healed. Hallelujah. I'm going to sing a song now. I'll call the musicians. And uh, make sure those musicians are working, okay? Because I need them. Here we go. Turn, Turn that up so I can hear it. My God is a mountain mover. My God's going to make a way. Can't count all the time he's proven. We can trust him just that way. Woo! All around, nothing is impossible. I can't roll back, I've got to shout. My God, my God, my God is a mountain mover. How many has a mountain mover, God? Got a problem in your pathway. Feeling frozen here. Doubts are circling high above me, but in the shadow of my fear, a faith is stirring, growing inside of me, reminded me something I already believe is a mountain. My God's gonna make a way. Can't count all the times He's proven. We can trust Him just that faith. Help the situation. Watch Him turn it all around. Nothing is impossible. I can't hold back. I've got to shout. My God, my God, my God is a mountain mover. How many believe what we're singing? When the days are dark. I will keep on trusting him. I will not lose heart. Yeah! My God is a mountain mover. My God's going to make a way. Can't count all the times he's proven. We can trust him just have faith. Watch it turn it all around. Nothing is impossible. I can't hold back. I've got to shout. Mountain mover. My God's gonna make a way. Can't count all the times He's proven. Woo! Take up the situation. Watch it turn it all around. Nothing is impossible. I can't hold back. I've got to shout. My God, my God, my God is a mountain mover. Woo! My God, my God is a mountain mover. Turn off the funeral music. Let the celebration begin. Begin to say to the mountain, be removed and cast under the sea. Because my God is a mountain mover and he told me, you say to the mountain. 
whosoever says to the mountain, be removed. I'll never forget it. It's just there's something stick in your mind. I was walking over this way down the row of people that were praying, and there was a lady standing there, and I don't know why I said it to her, but I just waved at her like this. And I said these words, bye-bye fibromyalgia, bye-bye. And she began to weep. And God instantly healed her because saying bye-bye to fibromyalgia is speaking to the mountain. Be thou removed and cast under the sea. Come on now. Put your faith clothes on. Come on now. You never heard Jesus say, just ask Jesus to give you the strength to go through. Uh, nah. He just said, look, those people can do that, but, but I want you to speak to the mountain. And even as I speak, I believe that the healing power of the Lord is coming into this place. I know we've been talking a lot about healings, but there's a lot of healings that are needed. And so right now, somebody is saying to their mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. I, I, I can't tell you that I understand why it works. I just know it works. I don't know why I had to walk up and say bye-bye my fibromyalgia. Why didn't God just heal her? I don't know. I do believe there's a word of faith. And when the devil's telling you that this is it, this is, it's over, you, you can't possibly get through this. That means that God is ready to do a miracle. Because when he is howling, you'll never get through this one. He sees that you are right close to a miracle. And he says, ha, 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 ha. All I have to do is get him to accept it. Get her to accept it and say, nothing I can do. Wait a minute. I'm not willing to settle for that. I'm coming out of my row. I'm going to begin to speak to this, this pile of stuff that's got in my life. And I'm going to command it, you pile of stuff. You get out of my life right now. Father, you're here right now to help. You're here to deliver right now. You're here to heal and to save and to set the captive free. It doesn't matter to me how many times you've been prayed for. I care not. I don't care how many times you've asked God. That matters nothing to me. All I know is that God is here today. 
Don't be reflecting on your past failures or what you consider to be unanswered prayer. I'm not the architect. I'm just a, a distributor. I'm not, I'm not the manufacturer of miracles. I just distribute them. Is there somebody right now that feels as desperate as Bartimaeus did? Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Is there anybody that feels as desperate as the little woman with the issue of blood? I don't feel very good, but if I have to crawl to get to Jesus, I'll crawl. And I know that when I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Is there anybody here today that wants a definite miracle? You know what the miracle is. It's not vague and nebulous. You know what it is. You need a miracle. You know exactly what it is. Well, why don't you just stomp your foot and say, that's it, devil. You are saying that the blood of Jesus is not powerful enough to do what I need done. That's what you're saying, isn't it, devil? You're saying that he was not wounded for my transgressions. That he was not bruised for my iniquities. That the chastisement of my peace was not upon him. And that I am not healed by his stripes. But you're a liar. Let the word of God be true. And every man a liar. I believe God. Now, I can't force you to receive a miracle. I can only invite you to use the method that God has said to use. And if you don't want it bad enough to do this, then you're going to keep your problem a little bit longer. But is there anybody here today that says, you know, I'm sick of this problem. I'm sick of being sick and I'm tired of being tired. And I'm sick of this thing being wrapped around my head. I don't want it anymore. Father, I command this mountain to be removed right now. I command it to be removed and cast into the sea. I've dealt with this long enough. Now in the name of Jesus, oh God, let the scales fall off her eyes. Let the scales fall off of his eyes. Oh God, let the bondage drop away from my hands. Lord, the debilitating sickness, I command it to go in the name of Jesus. Heart disease, I command you to leave and be cast into the sea. Lung disease, I command you in the name of Jesus to go and to be drown yourself in the sea in the name of Jesus bones oh you old dry bones in the name of Jesus Christ I command those bones to be healed oh there it is right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ God I command that child to be returned to the Lord from which he's been ripped away in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I command it come on sir you can be aggressive come on ma'am you can be aggressive in this the Holy Ghost says the kingdom of God the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much 
come on, you can be forceful in this matter. God has given you authority over that situation. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. That's it. Raise your hand and say, you mountain of, you fill in the blank and say, I command you, go drown yourself in the name of Jesus. God is my healer. God is my savior. God is my deliverer. God is my victory getter. God, he is God. He is God. He is everlasting God. Jesus, you're God. Hallelujah. The mighty name of Jesus. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. In the mighty name of Jesus, receive your healing. Bye-bye fibromyalgia. Bye-bye arthritis. Bye-bye bone disease. Bye-bye heart disease. Bye-bye lung disease. Bye-bye anxiety. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, I command you to go drown yourself in the sea and be removed. Oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Hearts be healed in the name of Jesus. Lungs be healed in the name of Jesus. If you just get to praising God aggressively right now, I think you'd like the results of what you're going to see. Come on, give God some hearty praise. Give Him some hearty praise. Moribo Santarabokoto. Oh, glory. Santarabokoto Rima Santarabokoto. Glory. That's it. We praise God. Put on my song again. Hallelujah. My God is a mountain mover. situation watch him turn it all around nothing is impossible i can't hold back i've got a shout